Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. All right, all right. Well, good morning, New Life Church. Happy Father's Day. And are you guys ready to be in church this morning? It's so good to be with you. You know, last week, Shelly and I were actually able to get out of town and um, celebrate our anniversary trip that we'd booked two years ago, but had to postpone because of COVID. And uh, to get away and relax and kind of unplug for a week, man, it was awesome. But I will tell you, it's so good to be with you this morning. I mean, it's Father's Day, right? I mean, how does it get any better than the smell of barbecue in the air, a cool car parked on the patio, and a chance to win a grill, right? That's a good day. That is a good day. I'm voting for that every Sunday. The lady said, no, not so much. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. You know, it's really easy to become a dad. It's easy to become a dad. But it takes work to be a good father. And you know, one of the things that kind of amazes me is Mother's Day is one of the highest attended services that we have as a church. Mother's Day is. You want to know what one of our lowest attendance weekends is? Father's Day. But that's not the case this morning, right? It takes work to be a good dad. And the fact that you guys are here this morning means that you're saying that we're going to put God in the front of our family. We're going to stand up and lead our family. So thank you for that. This morning, we want to honor you guys. So can we give it up for the dads one more time? You know, if you joined us last weekend, Pastor Amir spoke an amazing message on the importance of unity inside the church and unity inside of our family. How many of you would agree that in this season, it seems like there's been a lot of tension, right? You don't have to look very far. You can turn on the news. You can look at social media. There's a lot of tension in the world. It even makes it more difficult to be a father. But the good news about it is God has given us a very clear direction and description of how we are to be a good dad through his word, through the example that Jesus gave us when he walked on this earth. So this morning, we're going to look at that. A lot of times, people have a hard time relating that personal relationship with their heavenly father because of the relationship they had with their earthly father. Well, let me just say this. Regardless of what your relationship was like with your earthly father, we serve a heavenly father that will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He will never abandon you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. So this morning, I want to honor the dads. I want to honor you guys. You deserve honor. We're going to hang out afterwards. We're going to look at some cool cars on the patio. But before we do that, I want to challenge you a little bit. And the reason being is because I believe that now is more important than it's ever been for us as the fathers, as the spiritual leaders in our home, to stand up and fight for our family. Would you guys agree with that? But you look back and you go, well, you know what, man? I've blown it. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I've blown it. I promise. I've got the trophy. I've shared this story with you before, but anybody that knows me, you know I'm a little bit competitive, right? I love baseball, but I don't like to lose. What's second place? It's the first loser, right? If we're going to do something, we're going to win. We're going to give it everything we got. You ask either one of my boys. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We're going to give it everything we've got. We were playing in a semi or champion next to the championship game. It was a semifinals, and it was close. Cody gets up to bat. He hits a shot to left center field, and I'm like, we're fixing to win this ball game. He rounds second base. He's coming to third, and I'm coaching third base, and he falls like four foot from the bag. He looks up at me. He says, Dad, I broke my arm. I said, no, son, you didn't break your arm. Get on the bag. He said, no, Dad, I broke my arm. I said, no, son, it's not broke. Get on the bag. You're going to get out. He said, Dad, my arm's broke. I said, son, I don't care. Get on the bag. You're going to get out. we got to win this ball game. Two hours later, I got a picture. He's in the hospital. He broke his arm. Father of the Year Award, right? 
We've all blown it. I have done it myself many times. Don't worry. New dads, Tim, if you haven't blown it yet, don't worry. There's still time for you, bro. It's time. We've all made mistakes. It's easy to look back on our mistakes and try to judge ourselves and prevent us from going after what God's calling us to do or the father that he's calling us to be. You know, you look through scripture, there's not one single man in scripture other than God that didn't blow it at some point in time, that didn't make a mistake, that hasn't made a mistake. Look at Abraham. He's the father of faith. He lied about who his wife was. I don't know about you guys, but if I do that, I'm in trouble. What about Noah? Pretty much saved humanity with a boat. What's he do? He gets drunk, passes out naked. His kids have to cover him up. That's a bad day. What about Joseph? (laughs) Yeah. Correct that one for the next service. What about Joseph? (laughs) You know, you would think if God is going to choose you to be the father of Jesus on this earth, you'd have your stuff together, right? What did Joseph do? He lost Jesus for three days. Any, Any of you ever lost your kid for three days? I mean, think about it. Can you imagine how that conversation went? Anybody seen Jesus? Nope, we haven't seen him since Wednesday. It's a bad day. It's one thing to lose your kids. It's another thing to lose God, right? You say, blown it. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. He's a pastor at another church here in the community. And before he moved to Greenbrier, he and his wife, one of his jobs was he was a chaplain for hospice. And uh, we were talking, just hanging out this week, and he shared two different, um, two different diagnoses with me that they dealt with a lot in his profession, and it stuck with me. And afterwards, I was preparing my message, and I was praying. I was sitting right here, and the first one was learned helplessness. He said a lot of times with the patients that they dealt with, they would get something that was, they called learned helplessness. They just learned to be helpless, to rely on someone else to do everything for them, and they would just give up and just quit. The next thing that he said was failure to thrive. He said they used to diagnose some patients with this, failure to thrive, but it was unable, they were unable to clinically diagnose them with this. But he said it's exactly what it was. They just failed to thrive. And I was, I was thinking about this, and as I was praying, putting this message together, I was like, you know what? That is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. The enemy wants us to have this learned helplessness, to just give up, and to just fail to thrive at what we're doing. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning, God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you as a father. And we're not going to let the enemy win. Today, I want to talk to the dad specifically about finishing strong. Because you know what? We have a choice. We can look back at all the mistakes that we've made, and we've all blown it, right? We've determined that. We can look back at all of our mistakes, or we can focus on the plan that God has for us, and we can hit the tape strong. You with me? If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 13. Paul tells us, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. What he's saying is, I haven't got it all figured out just yet. I haven't got everything figured out, but I do know this. He goes on to say, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Guys, I believe there are three ways as fathers that we can lead our family that we haven't even thought about before. And that's what I want to hit on this morning. If you're taking notes, number one, we lead out of our failures. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to blow it at times. There's going to be times when you mess up. 
But the way that we handle our personal mistakes could have one of the biggest impacts on your kids. You know, I think back, I lost my dad when I was 18. I've shared that with you guys before. But some of the best lessons that I ever learned from my father was through his humility and the way that he responded when he messed up, when he blew it. You know, I don't know about you, but you could ask my son today what some of the best lessons in life he's learned from me. And he wouldn't tell you that it was the times that I said I had it all together and I had it all figured out. No, it was the times that I come before him and I said, listen, son, this is where I made the mistake. This is where I blew up. This is where I messed up. If you will leave, if you'll follow the mistakes that I made and not do them, you'll learn so much. So we can lead our families through the mistakes that we made. Number two is we lead by knowing where we are, then determining the direction we are going. Knowing where you are, then determining the direction that you are going. You know, I believe that we can all afford this morning to take just a second and ask ourselves where we're at. Where are we as a father? Where are we as a husband? And I'll take it a step further. Where are we as a son or a daughter or a wife? Where are we? You know, the very first question that we see in Scripture, the first question that God asks is to Adam when he falls. You know what he says? Adam, where are you? I want to ask you this morning, where are you? Where are you as a father? What is a priority in your life? What are you doing to lead your family? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Man, now's the time that we've gotta step up and be the spiritual leaders in our home. Now's the time that we've gotta fight for our family. Before we can get anywhere, you've gotta discover where you're at. If you make the decision that you're gonna go on a vacation, the very first thing you have to do is you have to determine a starting point. You punch in an address in the GPS, the first thing it's gonna ask you for is a starting point. You gotta determine where you're at before you can ever get anywhere. And then the next thing you have to do is you have to determine your next steps. So what are we gonna do next? What are we gonna do next to get to where we wanna go? And then you have to do it, you gotta go. You see, a lot of times refusing to make a decision out of fear will cripple us. You think, well, I've made so many mistakes in the past, or you know what, I tried praying with my wife one night and it didn't go so well. I tried getting a life group and, well, they were just weird. Well, there's weird people. You gotta take a step. You gotta move forward. Because exactly what the enemy wants you to do is he, he wants you to fail to thrive. He wants you to have a learned helplessness where you're just waiting on someone else to take the lead. I'm telling you this, man, we have a choice. We either take the lead of our family or someone else will. We either take the lead of our children or someone else will. You know, at some point, you have to decide our direction. This Friday, we had orientation for um, our son's college. And Adam warned me, actually, he said, it's gonna hit you when you go to this orientation. And I was good through everything, except we got to the point where we started calling the hogs, right? He's going to Fayetteville, and that's the first time I've ever got a tear in my eye calling the hogs. Now, it's not the first time I've got a tear in my eye watching the hogs over the last couple of years. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But as far as calling the hogs, that's the first time. But I began to think as we were going through this orientation, I thought, you know, there was a point in my son's life when he had to decide the direction that he was going to go. He had to declare a major. He had to take his steps in the preparation of where he wanted to be. And a lot of times people hesitate to take that step because they're afraid if they take that step, it'll be the wrong one. 
What if my son, a year down the road, figures out that this major that he's declared and the direction that he's going is not going to be what he wants to do the rest of his life? What does he need to do at that point? You adjust, and then you keep going forward. We're going to make mistakes. This adjustment that I'm talking about is not something that we do once in a lifetime. This is something that we do almost daily to determine where we're going and where we're headed. But we can't give up when things get hard. You know, there's a prophecy from Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. I want to look at with you guys. If there's anybody that we see through Scripture that went through some difficult times, Paul can relate, right? Paul went through some difficult seasons. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Have you guys seen any of this? Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Listen, church, he's not writing this to the atheist. He's writing this to the church. Having a form of godliness but denying its power, he goes on to say, have nothing to do with such people. Now listen, I'm not trying to discourage you this morning. It's not what I want to do. But I do believe we are in a season where people are more self-centered than they've ever been. Have you guys noticed that? It's like, instead of focusing on what God is calling them to do, it's all about me. What can I do to make me happy? What can I do to, to, be, to do me? What can fill me up? What can, what can help me? Me, me, me. We were on vacation last week, and we were sitting at the pool, and we took a day. Shelly and I took a day. And all we did was focus on what we were going to do with our lives. It's just, just kind of mapped out some future plans, what was priority for us, um, areas in the church that we wanted to focus on and work on. And we're sitting at the pool, and we're reading a book, and there was a, a group of people, um, probably in their, their mid-20s, I'm going to guess, um, standing down in the pool. And this one young lady, she had to be 22, 23 maybe. I heard her say, I, I'm thinking she probably noticed the book that my wife was reading, but I heard her say, you know, my grandma went to church. My mom went to church. I went to church a little bit when I was young, but eh, I, I consider myself to be more spiritual. And the next thing she said, I just, it just wrecked me. She raised her cup up. She said, but if I can live like this, I'll consider being a Christian. I don't think there was water in her Yeti cup. But it just broke me. This young lady, she knew the truth. And I'm just assuming if she, if she ever went to church with her grandma or with her mom, she was probably raised in a Christian family, it sounded like. And I don't know the details. But at some point, she made a decision the direction that she was gonna go. There was a point when she decided that it was more important to her to focus on herself than on God. Listen to me, when you get so focused on yourself, you can't see who loves you the most. When you give your life to Christ, do you know what you get? You get Christ, and there's nothing better. You get God. What more do we want? What more do we need? Psalms 23, 1 through 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. So how do we get our edge back? You say, okay, Tim, last weekend we talked about unity inside of our family and unity inside of the church. And you're talking about leading as a father. Where do we start? How do we get our edge back? How do we get back to where it is that God's calling us to be? To get your edge back, you've got to remember where you started from. I tell our team all the time, don't forget where you started. Don't forget how far God has brought you. You see, when you forget everything that God has done for you, it's easy to start beginning to focus inward and to start focusing on what's next and what can I help myself with next. But when you remember how far God has brought you and you remember the cross and the sacrifice that he made for you and I, it brings us back to where he wants us to be. You know, in Revelations 2, we see God looking at one of the seven churches. And almost every time we see, he's bragging on them at the beginning and then he throws them under the bus. But he could be talking to us here. He's addressing the church of Ephesus. He could be talking to you and I. Revelation 2, 2 through 5 says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. Okay, we've worked hard, God. That you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, have found them false. You've persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Did I hold this against you? You've forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. He's saying, look, I, you've done some good things. You've persevered through some difficult seasons. But where's the love that you had at first? You know, when we saw this the most, I think, was through the pandemic. And the people that have been slow to come back to church and slow to get plugged back in. But every time I have a new family come up to me that this is the first time they've been back in a long time, they go, you know what, Tim? I didn't realize how much I missed it. I didn't realize how much I needed to be able to come together with our family and worship. I've forgotten. You've forgotten the love that they had at first. You know, for those of you that know me very well. You know I'm a little OCD. I've adjusted these chairs no less than 50 times in the last two days, right? I'm all about, I want to make sure the lights are just right, the sound's just right. But as I was reading this passage of scripture this week, it, it convicted me. And I remember back to a time when worship for me was so important. Adam and I and my son, it was the best Father's Day ever. We were on a mission trip to Peru. And I remember standing in that atrium and someone pulled out an old <laughs> staticky Bluetooth speaker and there was a group of grown men, some of them construction workers, big burly men, and they're worshiping God with everything they had, snot running down the side of their face. And I was reminded of that. And yeah, you know, I believe that excellence honors God. That's important to me. But we can't forget the love that we had at first. We can't forget how far God has brought us. Do you know it was on that trip that God broke my heart for you? 
It was coming back from that trip when I prayed and I said, God, if you can break my heart for the people of this country, break my heart for the people of Greenbrier, Arkansas. And he crushed me. But even myself, I've caught myself getting caught up in the task and the things that have to be done and the chairs have to be straight and the lights have to be just right and the sound's got to be just at the right volume. I think we can all do that sometimes. We can even get caught up in, well, we need to go to church. Well, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to show up. We need to pray at dinner. We need to do that. No. When you remember the love that you had at first and you remember how far God has brought you, when you remember where your marriage was, when God reached in and he saved it, when you remember the, the health issues you were dealing with, but he was there with you, when you remember your finances were in ruins, but God redeemed you, when you remember the love you had at first, it changes everything. It completely changes our perspective on how we lead and how we live. I want to ask you a question. Are you looking at your relationship with Christ through the lens of culture or through the lens of Scripture? Because culture will tell you that's all about me. What can I do for me? Me. You hear the word love thrown around a lot right now. But I'm going to tell you this. Without truth, it's not real love. With love is truth. And I believe there's some truth in God's word that we need to focus on right now. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I'm so proud of you guys. You guys are here today because you wanna grow spiritually, because you wanna lead, you wanna be the spiritual leaders in your home, in your family. It speaks magnitude for you. But it's important that we don't let it stop today. We don't let it stop just coming to church on Sunday. No, that leadership goes well beyond the doors of this building. I believe it's time for us as men to take a stand for our families, to fight for our families, and to fight for our children. And the last way is we lead is we lead by what we stand for. Joshua 24, 15, we see that Joshua, he's assembled all the tribes of Israel, he summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials. And in verse 15, he tells them, says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of Amorites in whose land you are living. This is what I want you to get. It says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I called a family meeting this week. My son sat at the end of the table and I looked at him and I said, son, listen to me. You're getting ready to go off to college, but you've got to decide today what you're gonna stand for. You're gonna have to decide today what kind of man you're gonna be. Because I'm telling you, when you leave these four walls, this world has a lot of areas that, that look real shiny, but you've gotta know who you are and that God's got a plan and a purpose for you. You know, the best Father's Day gift I could have gotten was when he looked me in the eyes. He says, Dad, I know who I am. Men, do you know who you are? 
At some point, we have to decide what we stand for. Last week or two weeks ago, we, we looked at Nehemiah. We know that God broke his heart, the people of Jerusalem. He went on to rebuild the wall. And we looked at that in depth two weeks ago. But you know what? He was doing what God had called him to do. He was doing everything right, but there's still distractions from the outside. The enemy was still trying to distract him. The enemy was still trying to get him to come down. But what did he do? He stayed focused. Why were they rebuilding the wall? To keep the enemy out. I think it's time for us as fathers, as the spiritual leaders in our home, to build a spiritual wall around our family. And don't allow the distractions of this world to take you down from what he's calling you to do. You know, I shared earlier, I lost my dad at 18. And some of the life lessons that I learned from him in those last days, the way that he stayed strong, and he didn't complain. But for two years, I didn't know where my dad was spending eternity. You see, I didn't grow up in church, like some of you even. As a kid, now my parents were salt-of-the-earth people. My dad was, was an amazing man, was one of the hardest-working people I know. But it just wasn't a conversation that we had. For two years, I struggled. Thankfully, God gave me confirmation two years later that my dad had given his life to Christ, that I would see him again. I want to challenge you men. Call a family meeting this week. Sit down with your kids. Sit down with your spouse. Let them know what your family is going to stand for. Talk about your relationship with Christ and then listen to them talk about theirs. Determine a direction that you're going to go as a family. Decide what is going to be important for you. Don't let them wonder for two years after you leave this earth of where you're spending eternity. Make a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because I believe that God has a special plan for each one of us. I'm going to ask everyone to please bow your heads. You know, there's something a very good friend of mine said one time. In fact, he's in this room today. He said, you know, it's often the small things that we do that nobody ever sees that ultimately leads to the big things that everybody wants. Today, we're going to celebrate Father's Day. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a blast. But there's a small step that ultimately is a big decision that could ultimately lead to the big things that everybody wants to be a part of that you can make today. I never want to leave here on a Sunday without giving you the opportunity. You may say, Tim, you know what? You talk about this personal relationship with Christ. and You know, I've never made that decision. Or maybe you made that decision many years ago, and for whatever reason, you've caught yourself through this season getting off track. Well, this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to come back home. So if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to invite Christ into your life and to forgive you of your sins, I want to give you that opportunity right now. 
Or it may be that you made a decision many years ago and you've slipped off track. No one looking around. Please be respectful. But if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. This is a private decision that you can make right there in your seat. Now, God calls us to go public with that decision with water baptism, and we can talk about those next steps. But step one is making the decision of what you're going to stand for. So if you're here this morning and that is you, I just want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up for me real quick? No one looking around. Anyone says, I've never made a decision or I want to rededicate my life this morning. Yes, sir, I've got you. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir, I see you. Thank you, Father. Okay, you can put your hands down if you've got them up still. The next question I want to ask you is this. If you would say, in this season, I found myself getting bitter, getting away from what it is that I know that God is calling us to do. And I just want God to move back in. And I'm taking a stand. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If you want to make that declaration this morning as husbands, as fathers, as family, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you as men in this house. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All around this room. Yes. Saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes, sir. All around this room. Father, I thank you so much for the men that made the brave decision this morning on Father's Day to say, you know what? I've been running for way too long. Father, I don't know if they're making the decision for the very first time in their life or maybe they're just rededicating their life, but you do. So I just pray, ask that they pray with me. Say, Father, forgive me of my sins, the ones that I remember and the ones that I've forgotten all about. And Father, from this day forward, I want to follow you. I'm going to leave the past in the past. I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross, and I'm going to focus on you and the plans that you have for my life. God, for everyone around this room that raised their hand and said, you know what? I am deciding today to be the spiritual leader in my home. And as for me and my house, we are going to serve you. Father, I just lift them up. God, I pray that you give them confidence that they can walk boldly out of here knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. Father, I thank you so much for what you're going to do in this community, what you're going to do in their lives. Father, most of all, we celebrate you on this Father's Day. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God a hand this morning? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week. 